Good morning. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Okay, well, I'll be teaching for the first time here at Belt Elder Night Congregation. Welcome. Pray. <laughs> Pray for me, for this is my first time, but it is such a desire that I um, always want to do because at the uh, previous ministries or churches that I attend, I, you know, taught. And coming here, I was like, well, won't be doing it here because this is just too complicated with the Hebrew and all, you know, it's like relearning. But um, I said to myself, you know, no, I think I can do this. I, I would like to do this. And the day I told Miss Judy was the day she scheduled a date. <laughs> so if there's anything you want to do and you tell Miss Judy, don't tell her till you're ready, okay? <laughs> Word of advice, okay? So let us pray. Father God, we come before you, and we just thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to get here safe, and we pray for all those that are on their way to get here safe as well. Lord, we ask you to be glorified in all that we do today. Speak to me, Lord God. Minister to me and sweeten the words of your Torah in my mouth that I may teach to our family, to your children, and you will be glorified. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your word on the day. And we give your name to praise. It's in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. So, as I said, when I went to Miss Judy, I was talking about, uh, you know, let, letting her know what I want to teach. And I actually told her what I would like to teach on. But because it's the high holy days, uh, from what I was told, normally... People teach their, their um, you know, whatever they want to teach on, they present it. But because of the high holy days, she want to make sure that everything is in order and going the way it should be, that she tells you what to teach. So today, I'm going to be teaching on the preparation of high holy days. And since this is the month of Elul, and I hope I'm saying that right, uh, we're in preparation leading up to the high holy days. So that's what I will be teaching on. A little. Okay, so. To prepare for the high holy days, how do you do that? Okay, for the high holy days, it's the same as of how you say to prepare for holiness. And holiness requires preparation. Okay, all through our life, it's, it requires preparation. And our chief task is not to create it. We can't create holiness, but rather to become a receptacle for holiness, which comes about according to the matter of the preparation. So Elul is the last month of the Jewish year. And as the preparation for Roha, Ro, Rosh Hashanah, Hashanah and Yom Kippur, so to prepare, to prepare us for high holy days and allow preparation to linger in our lives, not just for a month, even though this, you know, people look at this, you know, this is the month, you know, for the high holy days. But I think the more you do it, it strengthens you to it for it to linger on months and months after. Okay, so after the high holy days and the way I used to do it, when you do prepare for it, and I'm going to be honest with you, I used to just come in and I knew this was a day that you do not work, and like for Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and I'm there. But I didn't really prepare. 
And the more I, you know, get into the Word and get into the Torah studies, I realize that's something that I need to do. But it was like a sigh of relief for, you know, I would say, speak to me personally, okay, because I made it through this day, this is what I need to do. And then you just totally forget. So, but each year as we prepare, you know, even though it's just a month, we need to be mindful that as our faith strengthens, this stays with us and we, we stay in the mode of preparation. So this is a time that we take inventory of ourselves and this is what we'll be talking about uh, today, okay? Preparing. So let's make sure we do this right. It's <laughs> the first thing, right? Okay, so <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the history of Elul. The origins of Elul is a month of special divine grace and mercy that go back to the time of Moses. And in the year 2448, from creation 1313 BCE, the first year after Jewish people went out of Egypt, that was around that time, seven weeks after Exodus, the people of Israel received the Torah at Mount Sinai and entered into an internal covenant with God as God's chosen people. But just 40 days later, while Moses was still up on the mountain, they violated their special relationship with God, worshiping a golden calf, as you all know. And upon descending from the mountain and witnessing their transgression, transgression, Moses smashed the two stone tablets on which God inscribed the Ten Commandments. Now, I know you know all about this. And then he returned to Mount Sinai for a second 40 days to plead with God on Israel's behalf. On the early morning of the first Olul, Moses again ascended Mount Sinai, taking with him the stone tablets that he had hewed out by divine command for God to re-inscribe the Ten Commandments. And on the mountain, God allowed Moses at that time to see his back. Uh, and he was known to be the closest human being to ever come that close to God at that time. And um, at that time, God taught him the secret of the 13 attributes of mercy, which is also something that uh, people read at a certain time during this month of Elul as well, but we're not going to get into that today, okay? For the third time, Moses remained on the mountain for 40 days, from the first Elul until the 10th of Tesserae, Yom Kippur, during which the time he obtained God's whole hearted forgiveness and reconciliation with the people of Israel. And ever since then, the month of Lul serves as the divine month of mercy and forgiveness. Okay? So that's the history of it. So to put that all in a nutshell, and I have to read this because I had to kind of understand it. I didn't know it was a, you know, I knew it was the second time, but this third time, and I thought this was really um Interesting. So just for further explanation of what I was saying, the Jews sinned with the golden calf on Rosh Kadesh Elul. Moses ascended to Mount Sinai for the third 40th period until Yom Kippur, when he descended with the second tablets and God's word of joyful, wholehearted forgiveness. For the first time, Moses ascended was to receive the first tablets, the second time was after sin and asked for forgiveness. And this third time was to receive the second set of tablets, which I thought was good. 
you know, good explanation for me, okay? And these were the days when God revealed to Jewish people, to, to the Jewish people, great mercy. And since then, this has been a time, like we said, that was destined for a time of mercy and forgiveness. And it's a time that they call teshuva, which means repentance, okay? And this is a time that you kind of like take an account of everything that you need to get right. I don't want to say everything that you did wrong because every day we're before God regarding, you know, you know, our asking for forgiveness, trying to get things in order. And sometimes, like bad habits, they're hard to break, okay? But this is the time to really get into his face and prepare your hearts for a change. And like I said, they call this the time of teshuva. Am I saying that right? Which is called repentance. And, you know, when I was going to church back in the days, I was just thinking about all those people that need to repent. This is kind of new for me because when you think of people that need to repent, people who need to come back to the Lord, we are in the Lord. We know him. Okay, we know who the Messiah is. We know who Yeshua is. You know, we worship him. We come before him at the congregation and we have to repent. Yes, we have to repent as well. So it's a time of repentance and whatever that may look like for you, that's what we need. That's what you and I need to work on. So the other thing is forgiveness. And that, and that is one of the main things that people kind of think about forgiveness. In other words, Elul is the month for us to work on forgiveness and uh and of ourselves and of others and as we forgive we become open to a greater divine revelation and much has been written about the benefits and importance of forgiveness and as difficult as it might be it is often the best thing that we can do for ourselves and though forgiveness is a spiritual practice for the entire year it is the major theme of the month of Elul so when I start first reading this, that was my question. Why only a month? And like I said, well, here, like I said, we celebrate Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And Yom Kippur is where we seal our commitment. I was talking to somebody the other day and one of my friends, and this person just kept talking about and read all her things that she did wrong. And when things will go right, you know, she's excited. But then she'll go back and rehash all this stuff all over again. And I'm that kind of friend. I just, I, after, you know, we talk a while, I, I can't, I don't tolerate that. And I don't allow you to stay there. So I kind of like bring you up and kind of remind you, okay, this is where we're at. And this person knows that Rosh Hashanah is coming up and, and they're looking forward to it. So I said, you know what? You, let, let me tell you what I've been learning, you know, uh, about the month of Lul. You need to get a lot of things together. You need to start applying the words. So when things don't go right for you, you need to say the opposite of what you think and apply the word on it. And you need to prepare yourself because by the time you get there, then you're ready to celebrate that feast. And, you know, and she received that. And that's for all of us. We need to stop preparing to celebrate when that feast come. And that's what they did. They were prepared. They were ready to celebrate. And, they, and everything was behind them. 
okay? So that's why this month is important. Yes, this was something we should do all the time, prepare for God every day. But because, uh, for the feast, we prepare to be ready for the feast, okay? And I'm sitting here like, okay, like y'all supposed to respond and say something. But you can nod your head even out there, right? <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. So all the benefits is to strengthen us for the upcoming year. Lul is the 12th and the final month of the Jewish calendar. It is the sixth, sixth month counting from Nisan. It is the month that connects the past year with the coming year a time when we reflect on where we stand and where we should be going. It is called the month of repentance and the shoe of the month of mercy and the month of forgiveness. I know you're going to, you heard that before. Elul follows the two previous months of Tamaz and Av, the month of tragedies that were brought upon us through our sins. And in Tamaz, the Jews, like I said, they sin with the golden calf and etc., etc. And so, the four letters for the month of Lul is the acronym for the phrase, the Song of Songs, uh, chapter 6, verse 3. I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine. As we approach God with desire to return and connect, we remember that I am my, I am my beloved is to me. I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine. So when we approach God, we need to remember that he reciprocates. I am my beloved, what he is to me. We need to remember that God reciprocates with divine expressions of mercy and forgiveness. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine. So this is the month when the king is in the field. You ever heard that phrase? Well, I didn't until I was studying this, so... <laughs> Okay, like what does that mean? The king is in the field. I think this is so cool. So the king is in the field is when, one second. When I thought about the king is in the field, I was like, what, what does that mean? Okay. And it's not in the sense of what goes on in the world, but I took it as the harvest, okay? So this is the time when the Jewish families, they come together and they really embrace this time to prepare them for the high holy days. For Christians and people like, you know, what uh, people that go to churches, it is a season when families are talking about Thanksgiving and Christmas. This is a time that a lot of people are talking about, what are we going to be doing for Thanksgiving? What are we going to be doing for Christmas? And it's a time when all families start thinking about their loved ones. And that is very, very key. And it's a time when everybody is thinking about the high holy days or the holidays that's coming up. And when I say that is very, very key, the king that's in the field, we're talking about I took it as the harvest, the world, and people around us. And it used to be a time that people will get so depressed because these important holidays are coming up. And even in um, 
the Jewish Orthodox families, you know, it's a time for them that they're thinking about loved ones and asking for forgiveness and making things right and, and all. It's the same thing all over the world. People are thinking about these special days that's coming up. So the reason why I say that's key in, in the month of law, while you're trying to get things together for yourself, you also got to think about all those that's around you. Okay, so uh, they were, this is a time that Elul is the last month of the Jewish year, and it's a time of paradox, a time of what might be termed the spiritual work days. So what do they mean by that? The Jewish calendar distinguished between the general qualities of time, the mundane times, and holy times, okay? And holy means Kadesh, Kadesh. And mundane means coal, and I hope I'm saying that right, C-H-O-L, okay? Ordinary work days are the mundane portion of time. Sabbath and festivals are examples of the holy time. And only holy days, we disengage ourselves from the material involvements of life to devote ourselves to spiritual pursuits of study and prayer. And these are also the days enriched with special spiritual resources, like the days that we rest on, on Shabbat. In the later respect, in a latter respect, the month of Elul bear a resemblance to the holy portions of the calendar. Elul is a heaven in time, a city of refuge from the ravages of material life, a time to audit one's spiritual accounts and assess the year going by, a time to prepare for the days of all, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, by repenting the feelings of the past and resolving in the future. And it's a time, which is also key, to increase in study, prayer, and charitable activities. Elul is the opportune time for this because it is the month in which God created us to be more open and compassionate to our families and to everyone else and who are for ourselves than he does in any other months of the year. And I mentioned the 13 attributes of mercy, which is the terminology they use as Kabbalah. It is time when God's 13 attributes illuminate his relationships with us. Yet unlike Sabbath and the festivals, the days of Elul are work days. On Sabbath, the Torah commands us to cease all physical constructive work. Malachok, I believe is what the work is called. And the festivals, too, are days on which work is forbidden. And regarding the month of Elul, however, there are no such restrictions. We work on these days. The transcendent activities of Elul are conducted amidst our work days, lives in the fields, like shop and office. So the king is in the field. There was one rabbi that, that explains it like this. The king usually is he's usually in the place, his usual place is the capital city, the royal palace, okay? Anyone wishing to approach the king must go through the appropriate channels in the place in his palace and gain the approval for, of a succession of secretaries and ministers. He must journey the capital and pass through many gates and doors and chambers that lead up to the throne room. His presentation must be meticulously prepared, and he must adhere to the code of dress, speech, and mannerisms upon entering into the royal presence. However, there are times when the king come out to the fields outside the city. 
and at such times anyone can approach him. The king receives them with a smiling face and a radiant countenance. And it's like when the pleasant is behind it with his plow, he has access to the king in a matter unavailable to the highest ranking minister in the royal court when the king is in the palace. Now, of course, we're not out here in the fields. We're not plowing. We're not farming, but we are still out in the fields working, whether we're banking, we're going to the stores, we're in the office, driving down I-285, okay, which can be a job, okay, and all that. That is our field, okay? So in this field during the month of Elul, what is it that you kind of can do differently this year how can you till it can you till this field better with your relationships in the offices can you how did you pluck those weeds out okay are you watering yourself in the word every day okay are you being a witness in this field okay in this field this is a time like I said when the king comes to you and you know I just, I have to say, when I was reading this, it, I know what I'm saying, and I know you hear me, but I had to connect with it, and, and I did, and I'm going to get there, okay? So do, listening during this time for Lul, he's looking for three things, repentance, prayer, and charity. And repentance, as I state earlier, is a time what Lul is all about, and it's got a month of mercy and a month of forgiveness. So what is eating at you, okay? Do you have a habit? Do you need help? What is it that you need to change? What is it that you need to turn around from? Prayer. God's words tell us to pray every day, and we should always pray. And we should always pray and come before him with rejoicing. If you have a lot on you, it's hard to come to God um, with prayer and rejoicing. Sometimes we come to uh, God with prayer on something that's on our mind, but we don't really release it. Okay, this is a time to release it. This is a time that he's drawing near you. This is a time that he wants you to be prepared to celebrate in his feast. So let it go. Okay, so the time of prayer. And it's also when you, like I said earlier, when you release yourself and allow him to draw near to you and allow his forgiveness to come to you, you can forgive others. Okay, and this, it's, that's what it's all about. Okay, when we come together as a, a body, we come together everywhere, and it starts at home, and it starts at home, and then you're out in the field. And when I say start at home with yourself, and then you're surrounding pe people that you're around every day in your own home, okay? You need to, we need to, or what I'm going to say, I need to, we want to uh, get to a, a relationship with God that we're always praying. I have a situation, I live with my daughter, and it's all right that I live with my daughter, <laughs> and I, I, I had my own house, and I know some of y'all heard about this, heard me say this before. Uh, my girlfriend was going through a rough divorce, and at the same time, my daughter was going through a rough divorce. So I was joking with my girlfriend and say, because she needed a place to go, you know, it, all that stuff they was going through with divorce. So, of course, she was moving out, and she said, I got to find an apartment. And I said, well, if... If I can move in with my daughter, who's always asking me for money because all her stuff was tied up for her, you know, her uh, marriage and stuff. I said, I'll move out of my place and move in with my daughter. 
Well, she didn't hear the if. So her and my daughter got together, okay, and it was like, this is a grand ideal. So anyway, to make a long story short, I agree, and I let it happen. So my girlfriend is in my home, and I'm in the home with my daughter, and I'm supposed to have been there a year, and it's going on three. Pray it don't go past four, okay, because now my daughter's used to me being there, and she do not want me to leave. But there's times that they do things in the house, and oh. And, I, and even though I have my privacy and I have my space, it's just times when I want to gash out or want to say something. But in saying all that, what I mean from bringing that up is that I'm praying all the time. And I have learned to pray and not gash out or go to her and say, look, you need to be doing this and do be doing that because God has showed me she ain't ready to hear that, so I need you to pray. And when you pray, you need to pray what she needs to be or how things need to change. And not only her, but my grandchildren as well because they're there as well. And um, it's just different. And when their friends come over, they oh, Miss Spencer, they even greet you with a cussing word and they love you. I'm like, whew. You know, and they're, how the blue are you and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> my God. So it's just a different kind of environment. So I have to love these people. It used to be a time when I'm just like, oh, you don't do this and you don't do that and, you know, and stuff like that. You need to change that. But I'm taking a different approach in prayer, learning how to pray and receive and knowing that I can go to him with prayer. I'm believing what I prayed to him that he's answering it. So I'm coming into agreement. So prayer is very important. And around this time of the month of Lul, if your prayer needs work, then we need to change. We need to rejoice. Go to him rejoicing and uh, make our request known to him with thanksgiving and receive it right there. And then learn how to wait, which brings about trusting. And that's the, during this time, this is the good time to do it. It starts like right here. So you can be prepared for those high holy days. Because the high holy days is just not a high holy day. It's just not a holiday like we used to be out in the world. When I say be out in the world, but you know, back in the day when we celebrated holidays, it's here, then they're gone. No, the, the high holy days teaches us to live the rest of the year. And so you're preparing yourself. Like I said, you want to strengthen yourself for, you know, after uh, this high holy days are gone. So I know I little went on a rant tan about that. Okay, so, uh-oh, hold on. So that talks about, you know, uh, prayer. Prayer, like I say, makes a huge difference. And um, like I say, it's, it's a lifestyle, okay? It's, it's, it's what it, we should become, you know, we should always pray at all times, okay? Charity. What does charity have to do with this? When I thought about charity, I was thinking about money. But charity is also giving of your time and not just money. When you're in this time of even repenting for yourself or learning how to love of others that hurted you and you're in this mode of learning how to forgive and you're going through things that you need to be encouraged with, it's hard to give of yourself. It's hard to give something to somebody, even when it comes to, to monetary, anything, monetary value, because you're still working things out. Well, no, this is the time to learn how to give, 
to give it your time, to even picking up the phone and calling that friend that you haven't heard, you know, uh, from in a long time, in a long time that you know you need to connect with. Maybe you need to go to somebody and say, you know, what's wrong? You know, we haven't gotten together in a while. Or how you doing? You know, and then for some of us, um, you know, I don't know if you ever heard this, but going to a messianic congregation, people always say, you Jew now? <laughs> and they don't want to have nothing to do with you. They think it's some kind of cult, okay? <laughs> you know, this is the time to even explain that and go in, because sometimes they get distance from you because they think you're somewhere else and they don't want to talk. This is a time to share this time of month without even going into a whole lot of details. And so when you're repenting and you're learning how to, re to prepare yourself, that light is coming forth. Trust God and learn how to give. Learn how to give of yourself. So charity does not just mean money. Okay? You're absorbing, fixing, your, like I said, you're so absorbing, fixing yourself that you forgot it's a life. You forgot life is still going on around you. So this is a time to think of somebody else. Give. Give of your time, give some money, give of your heart, and look at every opportunity to share Eldenai just as, just what you get out of it. Give with the right motive. And that's another thing. Sometimes that gets in the way as well. Give with the right motive. What does that look like? Well, that's between you and the Lord. Okay? All of which, all of this will bring about change, and whatever that may be to you, that is your change. Okay? And I'm still talking about the king is in the field. And so it was uh, a writing that was t uh, they were talking about as I was studying this called the Lookout Tower. Indeed, the difference between the holy and the mundane times of our lives is not a difference in essence, only a difference in perspective. Yet reality of physical life is that to achieve a change of perspective one must change the place and position in which one looks. Beyond its mundane surface, the material world possesses a deeper truth, its potential to house the goodness and perfection of its creator. The purpose of our workday lies is to reveal this potential, to develop the material world as a home for God. But on workdays of our life, the potential is all but invisible to us, observed by the very process that serves to bring it to light. Our very involvement with the material prevents us from experience its spiritual essence. To do so, we must rise above that, okay? A holy day is an elevation in a tearing of time, a lookout tower that rises above the surface of our work days to behold the true essence of our world. The essence we are laboring to actualize, okay? Rising above to these is the lookout points means to interrupt things, a life's work. But without these glimpses from, high, from a higher, more detached vantage point, our involvement in the material may well become enmeshment. Instead of sanctifying the mundane, we may find ourselves being profaned by it. And that spoke volumes to me because we can. We can allow the world to come in and we not shine the light in the world. This is a good time going through what we're going through or what you may be going through, and I know what I'm going through, to let his light shine, to rise 
above all that. So in other words, during this time of law, it's a time when we're at the time of evaluation, looking at ourselves, but not a time as a day off, but during regular life. It's not a day off when we come and, you know, doing the festivals, a Sabbath, you know, and a day of rest, but it's doing regular life. And I see that's the king in the field with me during this time. Not Shabbat when I dress up and present our best attitudes. Like, you know how you all people come up to you. It's like, praise the Lord, sister. How you doing? God bless you. You know, you driving and at, uh, in the car, coming to work with your wife, and y'all just fussing, the kids, you know, just all out of order and everything. And as soon as you got the car, God bless you. Shabbat Shalom and all that kind of stuff. And you got all this stuff that's going on. And you just a whole different person right here. No, that's not what we should be about all the time, okay? And, and then sometimes it's not just the family members. It's just you going through a lot. You don't even want to share. You don't even want to share with your brothers and sisters what you're going. You feel like it's just too private, okay? We need to rise above that, okay? So, but you who are in the field during this time, the month of law, um, you need to be that person. You need to rise above yourself. It starts here. Stay on the lookout tower, for the king is the heart and the soul of the nation. And I know I keep bringing this up and, uh, um, about the nation and the world, because that is near and dear to my heart. I really think about now what I'm doing and how I respond to people when I go out. And it used to be a time when I... I did not, okay? And, I, and something happened to me the other day, but I'm, well, let me explain it right now. I was, I got up week before last, and it was a good day. You ever have a good day? Y'all have a lot of good days, right? All right, so it got a, a good day where everything is all planned out, and you know, and I'm off that day, and everything is fine, and I know what I'm gonna be doing, and so I get up, and the first thing I do is go get gas. And I'm telling y'all, I'm feeling good, all right? And I get to the gas station, and all the pumps are filled. So I realize that all other people are in line, right? And <laughs> so I get behind this line. Well, here comes this truck, and he gets in front of everybody. And just like that, I just forgot about that good day. I went into mad mode. What? And this is what I don't like to do is blow my horn. I blew my horn. That's the something that I just, I, ooh. And so he didn't get out the way. And he took my spot. I was the next person. I was literally mad. I just forgot about all this mushy, mushy good day stuff, okay? And when he was getting out the car, and y'all forgive me, but I tell you that it just came out, okay? And I was pulling up to the next one. I hate to say this, Lord, but you told me to share. I felt like hitting him. <laughs> I was like, should hit you, right? That is right there, right there. Oh, my gosh. Have you ever been chastised by the Lord? Right there, I promise you. It's like he came in. And it's like, this is wrong. I mean, literally, I got a bad whooping from the Lord. And I was sitting there in my car, the windows was up, and I was just, I'm sorry, Lord, and I'm just going through all this. And I looked up, and I realized two people looking at me like, what is wrong with her? I really had to get myself together. 
He even let me know that man didn't even know what he was doing. He just revealed so much. And it was hard for me at first to even accept forgiveness because I was just beating myself up like this is terrible. I mean, I felt like good and bad and evil and good. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I even thought that. I felt awful. Now, I don't know if y'all ever felt like that, but I had to share that. Don't look at me in a different way later on today because I said that. Okay, but because the Lord has forgiven me, and you know what? The key thing is that I received it, and I had to ask myself, and, and sometimes he allow us to get to that mode because you think you, you, you got there. You don't pass this one particular test until something happens. You're like, really need to check that, okay? So repentance and prayer and charity, all that goes together, and it starts with us. Okay? All righty. I am my beloved. My beloved is mine and I am his. From Songs of Solomon 2.16. Um, in studying this, the, I, I was telling Cheryl, this is what I really want to drive home, right? And because, again, when we're going through things, we, we do need to remember he does love us. Okay, no matter what. He loves you. He loves me and he loves you. Okay, this is a time that as we reflect on so many things, on how we can do things differently, we need to remember how much he loves us and more importantly, how he wants to draw nearer to us as we draw near to him. As we draw near to him, don't be afraid. He wants to draw near to you. As you're pulling yourself, you know, trying to go backwards, He's coming nearer to you. He wants to take it all away. He wants that change. And no matter what, I don't know what that looks like, but he wants to draw nearer to you. So whatever that situation is, that bad habit, whatever your concerns is, he still wants that relationship that, is, that exists in mutual love. That love is everlasting and key, it is unending love. He loves us in spite of whatever. And we need to receive that love and walk in that love so others can receive it as well. And I'm going to drive that at home because there's other people watching us, okay, at all times. Love covers a multitude of sins. Your sins, my sins, everybody's sins. I like to think of it, even our cares, even our concerns, even like the concerns and cares I have about, because I do want to move out of my daughter's house, he got it. And I'm resting in it. And all I'm doing is preparing when that opportune time comes. I don't just keep saying like when something happened, oh, Lord, oh, when? When you're going to get me out? Because you know what? If I'm there, that's a bad place to be when you're living in. You ever, be somewhere, you ever live somewhere and you're in a bad place? That's an awful place to be. So I refuse to be there. I need to be at peace. I need to learn how to be around a situation that I not really fond of and still show love and allow God to love me. Love cover a multitude of sins. I am my beloved and my beloved is mine. And the one thing that keeps us from allowing us to respond to this love is unforgiveness. Again, we need to learn how to forgive and be forgiven. This is a tough, that can be tough. So how do we do this? 
okay, in my notes I said, how do we do this? And I gave the example of the gas station. I already said that. So let me get to the next one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All righty. So this is a time that we need to uh, love. All righty. And accept his love. And, oh, I didn't show this, but I don't know about y'all, but I'm Hebrew word challenged, okay? I don't know how to really say it, but I'm going to try this one, okay? How do you say, I am my beloved and my beloved is mine? And I want to put it up here, and I didn't send Judy that slide. So I just have to say this because it's such a beautiful sound, but I'm going to say it very, very slow. Is I need, lee, do, need, ve, do, de, lee. I need Lee, do, D, V, do, D, Lee. That's as fast as I can say it. Clap your hands. Okay. <laughs> I, my beloved is mine and I am his. And that means this is the four letters of Lul that are, this the acronym for the Song of Songs in 6-3. I am my beloved and my beloved is mine. And like I said, we need to reconnect and receive his love. This is a wonderful mantra to repeat and sing during this month during meditation. Alul is the month of spiritual preparation for the high holy days and the inner work of spiritual accountability and return to one true essence known as teshuva, repentance done during this month reflects our capability and our ability to stand before God and draw down blessings for the coming year. I am my beloved and my beloved is mine. It's a good thing to remember. The other thing that people do during this time is they blow the shofar every day. And I, I, <laughs> I cannot blow the shofar in my house every day because my dog will run. I mean, it, it scares the mess out of him. And I can do it, but I feel so sorry for the dog. And I mean, any little sound, like fireworks or anything like that, I mean, it just, I mean, this poor dog is just petrified. So I can't do it. And plus, my family will think, what the heck is she doing early this morning? Because I'm going to do it early in the morning. That's another disadvantage of not having your own place. But I got the app. <laughs> okay, the shofar app, right? And it's a little quiet, and I go into my bathroom, and I close the door because the dog sleeps with me, right? So if I close the door, he won't hear this loud, and he won't run all over the place. So if you don't have a shofar, and you need, and you want to blow every morning, get the app. You know, maybe you forgot to blow the shofar in the morning, and you're on your way to work, and you got on your phone, you're like, woohoo, you know? So what is the big deal with that? It makes a big difference, okay? A little a time of spiritual accounting. And for those who have relatively had, had a relatively easy year, it may be easier to come to terms with the past year. Those of us who had a difficult year may be discouraged and feel burdened by setbacks and question our capacity for real change. Known that disappointment is natural at this time because it's a launching pad for Teshuva for the Teshuvah experience. We are not really stuck. We just think we are. We can change and we can become happier and better people. The shofar is blown every day in Elul, except for during Sabbath and in synagogues to wake us up. It is to remind us that we can change. 
this upcoming year can be truly amazing, okay? So when we sincerely call out to God, when we pray and we, we meditate, when we listen to the shofar in this deepest way, we can receive a unique heavenly grace this month that opens the gates, the open gates to the inner world of the beauty and godliness of our souls. Blown on shofar blast is like a sound of the voice of God drawing near us, of God drawing us, I'm sorry. The sound awakened us to a birth, to desire, to shuva, repentance in our life. It re, it's a, every, day, every day it reminds us or awakens us to be reminded of teshuva. I, um, it also, let me see, hold on. So, one thing that I found out about the shofar blast, it's like blowing it, it well, it is the root word for the ambiotic, as ambiotic fluid. Okay, that was amazing to me, and it, this makes sense. So, when we hear the sound, it has the power to birth a desire for teshuva. Teshuvah. In fact, when you hear the sound, you will begin to be immersed in the waters that eventually lead to Yeshua or accepting Yeshua in your life. It's like being born again, renew, or repent. Okay? So it just awakens that. You know, it stirs everything up, that sound. Okay? This is a season to embrace Elder Night divine favor. And this is a season that he wants to give you his blessings. And he, like I say, he wants to draw near to you. So hearing this shofar helps you, or blowing it every day, it's a good reminder of this as well. Okay? I always wonder, I said, so why did they blow the shofar every day? Oh, what does that mean? Was that, that mean anything to y'all? That just, I was like, what does that mean? But now I know. And I'm telling you, listening to it every morning, it just, it is it's so different, you know, than even here, which here is great, but doing it for myself every morning, it's just that sound, and I meditate, and I resonate on that sound, and sometimes I just, I keep hitting it, and just letting it do it again, it's just something that awakens, and during this time for me, particularly, okay, so, reflection, all righty, this is a time of reflection, how many times I'm going to say that, as many times as I have to, okay, because this is what it's all about, okay? And there's a lot of things that we need to reflect on. Judy has been sending out, what time is it? Judy has been sending out, perfect, thank you. Judy has been sending out the Allure um, messages every day. And I don't know if y'all have been reading them, but they've been very helpful for me. And I um, copied some of them also along my notes. It's a time of reflection. I'm not going to go through all of them, but um, maybe there are some, these are some things that you need to think about or help somebody else think about. You need to think about, do I stifle negative feelings rather than communicating openly with others and having difficult conversations? Do I habitually let myself slide into being cynical or despair rather than working to maintain hope? Do I judge myself harshly rather than with compassion and understanding? That one's me. Okay. <laughs> Do I focus on the negative rather than trying to see the good in myself or in others? 
do I enjoy my own company? Somebody comment on that on REM. Do I enjoy my own company? She said it's like, it's like um, am I comfortable in my own skin? Well, it's both. It's both, and it's something that we need to consider. Do fear hold me back from doing things that I like to do? Do I procrastinate? Okay. Is my inner voice kind, encouraging, and supportive, or impatient or critical? Do I take on too much, say yes too quickly, <laughs> and then feel overwhelmed and resentful? Like, why? Why did I do that? You know, do I ask for help? That's me. Okay. Can I acknowledge my flaws honestly and still accept myself as a good and lovable person? Do I focus on self-improvement without a sense of self-loathing? Do I enjoy and savor life? Do I really enjoy and savor life? Do I know why I'm here at the congregation? Do I really like the people that's around me? Do I talk more than I listen and do I tend to show off and try to impress others? Do I tend to interrupt? Do I focus on what I'm planning to say rather than attend to what others are saying? Do I judge harshly rather than understanding and compassion? And do I focus on the bad or try to see the good in others? And do I take my frustrations and my bad moves out on, the, on those around me? Do I lie to others in large and small ways to make myself look, make myself look better? Am I self-absorbed or can I be insensitive to other needs? Am I tight with money, stingy with giving gifts and leaving tips and giving uh, 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 charity? Am I honest and conscious, conscientious in my job? Do I consistently do my best or do I cut corners? Do I, do I, do I? I don't know about y'all, but and I, and I tell you it was 40 of them. I only picked a few of them, okay? But we need to ask ourselves these kind of questions, okay? This is the month that we naturally, re, we, we find ourselves reviewing and assessing and evaluating our accomplishments and our challenges and the shortcomings of the entire year. It is time to get in touch with the essence of what's important in our lives and many of us be brought to new levels of appreciation for the, pers for the personal relationships that have nourished us in the last year and the goals we are able to meet. Other of us will be more aware of unfinished business and the relationships that needed to heal so we can truly be open to the newness of the coming, upcoming year. So sorry, something got in the way here. Sorry, my uh, computer got stuck here. So while we are reflecting, we need to remember, as we draw near to him, he is drawing near to us, and he wants to draw near to us. As we are pulling back, he's pulling towards us. Will you take that step forward? Are, can, can, do you have the courage to... Ask yourself all those questions. Don't be afraid and don't be shamed because he is God. He is your creator. <laughs>
And I don't know about y'all, but I have had sin in my life where I'm even ashamed to even approach God. Okay, yep, I'm going to just put it out there, alrighty. And, but I, I'm so grateful for his love during this time. And like I said, y'all, he wants to prepare us for the best. He is looking for that love. He is our beloved. He is looking for you. He is looking for that broken heart. He is looking for those tears. He is looking to have those relationships. He doesn't care about our merits. He don't care about our relationships, our good deeds. He don't care about all that, who you are, what kind of clothes you wear. He don't care about that. He's looking for you, okay? And yes, all the things we do are great, but in the month of Elul, we need to search our heart, okay? We need to examine ourselves, and we need to know that he is the true God, and he loves us, okay? What can I change? In closing, and I'm about to close, <laughs> I, I work with some people and, and, uh, in my group, and they are Jewish people. They do not believe in the Messiah. But we do have a lot of things in common. common and they know that I serve Elder Knight, you know, as, uh, at um, believing in the Messiah that he has already come. They know the difference, and we, we get along, okay? Um, but it doesn't matter who you are or what family you're born in or where you begin or where you're going in life. It's all about when Yeshua returns and will you be ready because he is coming back. Today is the month of the Lord. Well, Today in this month of Elul is a good place to start. And somebody out there may feel like, well, you know, I'm not Jew. They may have that same question that my friends come to me and say, okay, well, I don't know anything about this. But it doesn't matter. God still loves you, and he wants to draw near to you. Okay? So he, used, he loves Jews and Gentiles alike. This is all about his big plan. It's bringing everybody together. And this is the one thing that you need to remember. There are hurting people out there. And they do not know the Lord. And we live in a fallen world. Okay? And, uh, Lynn reminded me of that one day. She know, you know, but can we live in a fallen world? Because things just happen. And we need to remember that. And you need to remember who you are in this fallen world. And yes, you can make a difference. If you get too busy trying to fix yourself, I'm going to advise you to speed it up. Because there's people out there that really need you. Get over it, y'all. Get over it. And I'm talking to, you know, my family here and whoever else needs to hear it. We need to grow up. We need to stop repeating things. Let me incur. Like I said, I'm that kind of friend. If you've got to keep saying it all over again, I'm going to say, you know what? Just grow up. Okay, I'm not going to keep saying woo-woo-woo, woo-woo-woo, you know, and all this time. Yes, I understand. And you know what? Some people need that longer than others. But I'm just going to tell you it is. It's time to grow up. Shake it off. Get it right. Change and make and be consistent with it. Okay, get ready for uh, these, these holidays. Be in a different place. That's what I plan on doing. Being in a different place this time. I know how to go out there and buy the white clothes and look good and, you know, and do all the right things and say Happy New Year with the apples and the honey and all that. But I don't know about y'all, but one year I did it, it, it was just what I did. But it didn't take root. These, this is the time when we're learning to 
uh, to celebrate. We're, we're preparing ourselves to celebrate the high holy days, which is huge, huge, huge. It's a big, big deal. Okay? Did I go on a rant tent? I really do apologize for that. But no, I don't. So, <laughs> so while you're reflecting, remember Yeshua. For those who don't know who Yeshua is, Jesus is all about him. It's about him coming back. Especially when we get to Sukkot, you know how he tapped we're, we're the, the, the Feast of Tabernacles. We're, we're rehearsing for all these days. For this time that he's going to come back, it's like a big rehearsal. rehearsal. Are you going to be ready when he comes back? And that can be tomorrow for some of us. We just don't know. Or it can be for some of our family members. So we need to be prepared and we need to stay prepared. Let me encourage you to stay there and we need to encourage one another and stop being afraid to share and to love and, and to do this together because you're not alone. And sometimes you even have husbands that you can't share with, that you need that woman touching because she knows she understands. And men, the same things. I need that man. You know, he only understands this. I mean, we need to, to come out and branch out and share during this time. And that is key. That is very, very key. So with that, I would just like to close in a uh, uh, word of prayer. And I want to speak to people who out there who may be looking and I, I appreciate my family sitting here in the audience. It did grow a little bigger, <laughs> but <laughs> I started with like three people, right? But it's okay. Um, but there's people out there and this is what the Lord put in my heart to also speak to them that, you know, what we do here at the, at, uh, 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 at Beth Nye, which is in Tucker, Georgia, Okay, at 4141 Bancroft Circle. Okay, if you're looking for a home and you want to know uh, what it's all about, don't be afraid because the person that we serve, the one person that we worship is Yeshua, who we call Jesus. Yeshua is just a holy, the Hebrew name. It is not, we're not a cult. We love the Lord. I'm here because God called me here because I had more of a hunger. It was like a calling. Okay, it was, I wanted to know more about my Lord and Savior. Yes, he is still my Lord. He is still my God. I believe in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We all do here. Okay, we just want to know, what did Jesus do? What did he do? He celebrated the feast. He ate kosher. He watched what he ate. He, he celebrated with families. Is he loved people. I want to know what he did. Okay, I want to know what is the blood is, what is that, that blood, what is it all about? You know what, some people really don't know that. They really don't understand that. What is it all about? How does the blood give life? How is the blood still powerful? Well, come here. We welcome you here to come know more and more and more. Because we do love Yeshua. And today we're, we're preparing ourselves during this month to prepare ourselves for the high holy days, which is a huge celebration and which your Lord and Savior did as well. He celebrated at all times. So I'm going to close in prayer. Do anybody have any questions? <laughs> <laughs> My
My name is Kim Spencer, and for anybody out there, I know y'all think this is weird, but this is what the Lord put in my heart. If you ever come here at, and I'm very serious, at Beth Elder Night Congregation, 4141 Bancroft Circle in Tucker, Georgia, I am Kim Spencer. Look for me. If I'm not here, not here, there's other people here to welcome you because I know you're hurting. I know you're looking for a place, place you want to know the true word. Come, okay? We welcome you, and we receive you. So let's pray. And I'm going to pray for those virtues right now. And there is a prayer if you want to receive Jesus in your life. Okay? There is a prayer that you can say and you can repeat after me. Father God, I come before you and I thank you. I thank you and I receive you for who you are and I believe in you. And I believe that you died and was rose again and sit on the right side of our God, interceding for me. I receive you, and I ask you to come in my heart and forgive me of my sins. I confess that you are Lord, and I thank you for saving me. It's in Yeshua's name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. Shalom. <laughs>